Well, g'day everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of The Journey. My name's Jude Hennessy and we've got some stuff that I think you're just going to love on this week's show. Some of the stuff you, you're used to each and every week, some of your favourites like Mother Hilda Scott, he'll be with us and we're hearing from Trish McCarthy as well. We're going to break open the gospel in a moment with Father Ken Cafe from, uh, from Thoreau Parish, north of Wollongong, south of Sydney. That's a, that's a beautiful parish, my parish actually, St Michael's at Thoreau, parish of St Michael. We've also got a really awesome interview with one of my best mates, one of my big influences on my life, Mr. Robert Fowzon. He's the co-founder of Men Alive, he's an author, he's a public speaker, he's been a very successful businessman in the past, and, and he's going to talk to us about some of the great stuff that is part of Men Alive and what it does for men's journeys, and uh, you're going to love the interview that Max Norton has done with him today too. So lots and lots to, to get through, and all the stuff that you love in between, particularly the, uh, the great songs that uh, we pick out for you, hopefully along a theme that you can you can recognise and, and thanks to Max Norden, our sound editor, who's put uh, this week's show together and done the interview with uh, with Robert Falzon. We're going to hear from Max now. He's going to read uh, Luke chapter 18, 1 to 8. That's the, the gospel reading set down for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're only a few weeks away now from the Advent season. We'll be moving out of Ordinary Time and into that special season of Advent, preparation for Christmas. Today, this gospel, we're going to hear about the parable of the unjust judge. And Father Ken Cafe, my parish priest, my pastor, he's going to break open a, a really poignant conversation, gospel reflection, all about love and mercy. You know, not to lose heart when we're praying. Lots to get through. Big show. I better not uh, dilly dally. It'll be Ann Wilson and Crowder. My Jesus will be the song that follows Father Ken. After the break, always coming in first drop. Right at the top of the show, usually. Mother Hilda Scott. Let's get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Really pleased you've joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. There was a judge in a certain town, he said, who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. In the same town, there was a widow who kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. For a long time, he refused. But at last, he said to himself, Maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man, but since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow her just rights or she will persist in coming and worrying me to death. And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge had to say. Now, will not God see justice done to his chosen who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them? I promise you, he will see justice done to them and done speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel Reflection with Father Ken Cafe. Remember when you first fell in love? The telephone was always busy or the internet now. You forgot your parents, you forgot the washing up, you even forgot your homework. Maybe it was just infatuation. But when the love was real and lasting, you became a calmer person, not threatened, certainly less angry, and a person full of joy. You started to notice other people. You did things for them. 
You didn't go away on a desert island and bury your head in the sand. When we pray together in liturgy, which is our public prayer, we're not burying our heads with downcast eyes. That's not the image of a person in love. The image of a person in prayer, in love, is a person of joy that's outgoing. Our primordial prayer is the Lord's Prayer. It's our Father, not my Father, but our Father. And God's will be done. God's worship, God's respect, God's sharing our bread. We're just passing on what is God's. Giving and accepting forgiveness. Being instruments of God's kingdom, God's peace, God's forgiveness, mercy, which is, of course, God's justice. Do we pray just for what we want, or do we pray for what God wants? Magic is asking God to do what we want. Prayer is asking God to do what God wants. The Gospel has two characters, the unjust judge, who neither fears God nor respects others, and this widow who seeks justice. A woman with no male support, a hopeless situation. There's no hope for justice there. But there's some unjust judge and there's a bit of the widow in all of us. What does our prayer achieve? Not to do our saying of prayers, but what does our prayer life achieve? What does my love life achieve? How do I see it in practice? How does it show itself in practice? Do I make God's justice become real in my life and in the lives of people with whom I meet? Is there action in my life to bring about God's mercy, God's tenderness? Or am I too busy? Or do I say, I'll get nothing out of this, there's nothing in it for me? Prayer has got nothing to do with my job, my closed mind, my ignoring people, my not willing to change. Prayer is a willingness to be open-handed, open-hearted, open-minded, open to new ideas, to new ways of praying, to new ways of being a person of love, a person of mercy. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's on all this stealing And you're desperate for some healing Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and His grace is Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus And all the wrong turns 
Lucy. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh, He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that He can say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is, I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about. Listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. Some of you may have heard of Bishop Fulton Sheen. He was a great American evangelist of some time ago. He's dead now. He told a story once on one of his broadcasts of an unfortunate occurrence in New York. Some poor, deranged man threw himself off a bridge, going to his death in the icy river waters below. Various people were interviewed to comment. A psychiatrist was asked for his input, and this doctor talked about the psychiatric state of mind and the various mental issues in the unfortunate man that may have caused this tragedy. He summed it up neatly in terms of a mental illness. Another was a physicist. He talked about the time it would have taken for the man to die, the effects of the cold air, the impact of the body on the icy water, and he too summed it up neatly according to his own discipline. A priest was asked for his comment, and he talked in terms of the lack of understanding in the man, his apparent inability to accept the love and help of God, He wondered why this man had been led to take his own life in defiance of the gift of life God had entrusted to him. He too summed things up according to his own understanding and his own discipline. All the comments were valid in their own way, but not complete. Bishop Fulton went on to speak about how indeed we come from our own understandings and backgrounds in all sorts of situations, big and small. However, it is more often than not just our perspective, rightly or wrongly. It's only God who sees the whole picture. We can, however, come close to that if we're people in tune, familiar with God through the scriptures and the good example of others. Then we will begin to see things the way God does. And we too can get a glimpse of the whole picture, not just our own, if we come from the discipline of God, that is. Furthermore, everything will speak of God. So in the situation of which Bishop Fulton spoke, the person who sees things as God does would weep for the utter anguish and despair inside anyone who felt that the taking of their own life was preferable to staying on board. 
we would find ourselves examining ourselves as to how we treat others, what despair we cause in others. Furthermore, we would find ourselves in touch with the tears of God, with his anguish over his beloved people who hurt so much. Perhaps as you listen to me, you're one of them. This man's life was not in vain if today you heed this message and tell it to others. Have in you, St Paul says, the mind of Christ. Thanks so much to, uh, to Mother Hilda Scott there, reflecting on a story from Bishop Fulton Sheen. What a, a, a name and a blast from the past that, that name is, and very successful Catholic communicator in the US right throughout the the 50s, 60s and 70s and won Emmys for the sort of shows that he, he put on the TV. Incredible communicator. I've actually got a, a book of his on my bedside table at the moment. I'm reading some some great things that he had to say about life and faith and apologetics and he was a clear thinker, that's for sure. And thanks to, to Mother Hilda Scott who um, asked the question, where are you coming from? After the break, you're going to love this interview that we got just last week with Robert Falzon. It was... Uh, a Men Alive Max 22, Men Alive to the Max, it was held in Sydney, had people coming from all over the country to go to it, and Max was really lucky enough to have a discussion with Robert about his life, about his, about his journey in faith, a little bit, I suppose, of his testimony, how Men Alive unfolded, and the big impact that it's having on thousands of men every year, just as it's had an impact upon tens of thousands of men over the course of the last 20 years or so. He's a great mate of mine, Rob Falzon. He's a champion fella. One of those great figures for evangelisation and change and encounter with Jesus. He's brought, uh, brought that encounter to so many people through what he's said and done and, and put in place. That's after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Great you've been able to join us this week on The Journey. I was catching up with an old friend Nothing too heavy, just checking me. How's it going? How's your mom then? And for once he talked more than me. Said I hear a lot about you around here. Yeah, I know it's been one of them years. I get it, man. You do the best you can. Still wind up on your knees. I was talking to God.
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness.
On the journey this weekend, I'm talking to Robert Felzon, and Robert is one of the people behind the creation of Men Alive. But before we get to that, Robert, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, well, I was born in Western Australia to migrant parents, and I left Western Australia to study in the seminary, and I married a lovely lady named Alicia, and we have four children. I was a businessman for 30 years, and I had a mid-journey encounter, and I changed my vocation to be a missionary. And is that where Men Alive came from? Yes, Men Alive is the fruit of that activity. Okay, so tell me a little bit about this creation of Men Alive. What, what was driving behind that? How did all that come about? Yeah, so when I was 17, I, um, I, I decided I thought I had a vocation, I had a calling to uh, serve God by being a missionary. I thought that might have been in a formal clergy arrangement, but it wasn't to be. I, was, uh, I went and got married, I started several businesses and I sold a major business to a public company. I decided to go on the mission that I started when I was 17 and I'm now 37 here thinking what will I do with the rest of my life and I decided to be a missionary going, going after the hearts of men. Why did I choose to make it specifically men is, is a question that, that I think is useful to answer if I can ask the, my own question and that is... Um, in all of the Christian churches, the fastest diminishing demographic is males. Men, young men especially, are not going to church. They don't find church useful, interesting or um, meaningful. And they don't find the structures useful and meaningful, particularly church structures where the priests wear vestments and, and the church, churches look like like it's dressed for females rather than, rather than males. So I thought to myself, I needed to do some work on me, me as a man, me as Robert, and I thought in the process of doing that, I will share my findings with men and see where that goes. Okay, so where did it go? What, what was the outcome of all of that thinking and soul-searching? I went and found um, two Peters. Jesus, Jesus had he had one Peter, and I went and found two Peters. Uh, and, uh, Peter Shikoskoy and Peter Gabor, and then a Mark, Mark Lysart. And together uh, they agreed to join us and let's do this thing called Men Alive. What we did was we ran a general uh, live-in event in Queensland for men. And, you know, when you run something for men, you expect, 10 or 15 guys to turn up? Well, we had uh, 80 guys turn up. And we thought, wow, there's a real need here. And not only did 80 guys turn up, but one of the Christian papers turned up and did an article on it. And then the phone started ringing from all over Australia. Hey, you men alive guys know lots, lots of stuff about men's ministry. Why don't you come and do something in Adelaide or in Cairns or, uh, or, or, or in Point Perry? And, and, um, and we thought, wow. You know, we were all still full-time job workers and we thought, well, what have we done here? <laughs> anyway, I sold my business and I went full-time. Peter Shikoskoy retired from Telstra Engineer and he, he went full-time and the two of us and a few guys around the country, we started Men Alive and mostly going to churches and running missions in, in the local churches and um, mostly in the Catholic tradition. 
but certainly other other traditions as well. And um, we had great success reaching men, helping them to become better men of God, better husbands, better fathers. Okay, we'll be back with Robert in just a moment with more about Men Alive, but let's take this break. We hope you're enjoying this interview that Max Norton's doing with, uh, with Robert Fowles on some great insights into his, his journey from Western Australia over to Queensland and his encounter with God and, and the starting of the, uh, the movement that is Men Alive. Bit of music now, Chris Tomlin, How Great Is Our God, and there'll be more in this interview with Robert Falzon after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're still on the journey.
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. On The Journey, we're talking to Men Alive co-founder, Robert Felzon, about the concept of Men Alive. You've heard a little bit about the history of Men Alive. Now let's delve into the concept. So, Robert, tell me a bit about how Men Alive actually works. Well, in the early days and even up to now, we um, our mainstay of work is to go to local churches, or if you're a Catholic, you'd call them parishes, or an Anglican, you'd call them parishes, but local churches, churches where people live near and go to, and we would run missions for men. Now, money's a big uh, obstacle to men to come into things, so to try to keep it around the sort of mid-$100, $50, sort of like the cost of a carton of beer, we thought they couldn't stay overnight and they could only have one one meal, the evening meal, on a Saturday. So we had it all day Saturday, half a day Sunday, uh, dinner on Saturday night and, and, and lunch on Saturday, and we got, the, we got the money right for the guys to come. I've been to a few men's things in the past, and, and generally they were theological. Generally what the speakers spoke about was thinking Christianity. We weren't theologians, but we were men on the journey trying to grow up as well. And what we thought that men needed was what Jesus did, and that was narrative, stories, the prodigal son and those stories. So what we got is men to tell their stories about God and God's work in their lives. And that worked. People liked it. And then we had these nice interactions where men would share their lives together on the weekends. So mostly it was storytelling and interaction. And then on the Saturday night, we'd have some music and somebody would preach about the prodigal son, the lost son, mm-hmm. that we will, we all need God. And, you know, these guys who are, would, would not even go to church most of the time uh, you, you could you, you see some of them crying and some of them uh, having a really important moment. Uh, and then on Sunday they'd come back. And on Sunday what we gave the men is very practical things to do because men like to do things. So what we did was we, we, we found ways to communicate with these men in regards to their marriages, how to have better marriages, how to raise daughters, how to raise sons, how to be better men in the church how to contribute to the growth of church. So th- that's what we've done. And in, in the last 20 years, which, which we've been going for 20 years, we've run 450 events for 35,000 men in Australia and New Zealand. Great. So now let's look into the future. What sort of vision do you have and does Men Alive have for the future? Yes, so uh, we were thinking we've run all these local church events in regions We've trained regional teams to deliver the program. So there's a regional team in New South Wales, regional team in Victoria, South Australia, and all around Australia and New Zealand. So they, they're trained in delivering these parish missions. We had a little bit more time to think about what's next, what's needed, and how do we bring the message, the good news, to, to more men. Uh, we started running national men's gatherings like the one we're at now. They started to gather men from regions and, and, and many of them had been to our, our local church events, but some new guys would come. And then we started to look at the, the problems. One of the problems that we see with men is, is that it's very hard to keep their marriages together. 
Now, we know that there's a lot of good marriage courses, so we didn't decide to do anything about that. But we did know that there wasn't very much about raising sons and raising daughters. And so we spent a fair bit of time developing, developing programs for fathers and their teenage sons to go away on weekends and for us to provide a rite of passage for their sons, for the fathers to be a part of. We speak to the father separately and the son separately and then together, and we make safe places for the dads and the sons to be reconciled, to talk about the things that matter. We do a rite of passage around the fire on a Saturday night, and um, it's probably one of the best things we do now. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. And we're just investing in fathers and sons. I've written two books. One was The Father Factor, which was a, a summary of all of the data around young men and the importance of fatherhood. And then I, the recent book that I've written is called Raising Fathers. And Raising Fathers are where I've got 12 men to tell their stories about being fathered and fatherhood and we've got tips and books to read and and we've started to run in the in the school systems these raising father evenings which point to our growing good men weekend which is the weekend where fathers and sons go away and do this rite of passage together okay thanks very much for being part of the journey this weekend it's been a joy and thank you for bringing the good news to many many people thanks max well, I hope you enjoyed that, and, uh, and thanks so much to Robert Falzon for making himself available for an interview for us. He's uh, had a huge impact upon the church in Australia. He's had a huge impact upon the evangelising mission of the church and renewing men for being good husbands, good fathers, good colleagues, disciples. He mentioned right there at the end, uh, Growing Good Men, which is a movement which he also started, Father Son Weekends. We've actually got one coming up next weekend, and uh, if you're listening to this on uh, on the weekend, I know many people do, lots of people get it as a podcast and get it from really the Friday Friday night, um, we've got a weekend on at Cataract Scout Camp in Appen from Friday the 21st till Sunday the 23rd of October. We've got just a couple of spots left. If you'd like to join us, dads and lads, sons between the ages of 12 and, and 16, you'd be most welcome. And come and get some of the, the great skills, some of the great tools that fathers and sons need to be able to commit to each other and journey with each other through manhood and call each other on in the midst of all the stuff that the world's got to throw at, at us uh, all the time. Just look at uh, Growing Good Men on the Men Alive site or you can go to the the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong website. You can click on the, the events page and just see that and you can you can register or you can get in contact with us and ask a few questions. Just a couple of spots left and come and join some other awesome dads and lads as we do a, a great weekend of formation for the future of that relationship with uh, with sons and their dads. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Trish McCarthy. She's going to talk about bearing fruit. Here's some really awesome music. Lord, I need you. Matt Ma, I love this song. I sing this song in my own worship space when I'm, uh, when I'm leading worship from time to time. We sang it last weekend at the Men Alive weekend. You're going to love it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm getting near the end, but really stoked that you joined us this week on the journey. Lord, I come, I confess. Bowing here, I find my rest Without you, I fall apart You're the one that guides my heart 
On the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Those who remain in me, with me in them, bear fruit in plenty. From John 15. You know, I love my fruit. Fresh, flavoursome, and messy mango on a warm summer day. The explosion of seeds when you bite into a cherry tomato. The crunch of a freshly picked apple. There are few greater delights. However, this was not the fruit Jesus was referring to, but it had some implications for our thought today. A word I had never heard until a year or so ago was fecundity. Hard to say and difficult to spell, but worth the effort to understand. It refers to the life-giving fruitfulness that Jesus alludes to. Henry Newen writes beautifully about this in his book, In the House of the Lord. Henry writes, Fruit can only come forth from the ground of intimate love. They are not made, nor are they the result of a specific human action that can be repeated, neither predictable nor definable. Fruits are gifts to be received. Wow! We can see this spiritual insight tangibly when we visit an orchard, a vineyard, 
or even the neighbour's veggie garden. These gifts from the earth spring forth with very little human formula. In the same way, the fruits of the spirit such as joy, peace, kindness, goodness, are not something we can produce by human systems and programs, formulas and striving effort, but are always experienced as true gifts, often surprising us in daily life when we least expect it. And in that, we realise their unique value and nature. Although we can't manufacture these fruits, we can in fact provide the environment for them to flourish. Just like superior fruits are meticulously careful, soil nourished, plants watered, given light, warmth and optimal conditions, we too can offer optimal conditions through our vulnerability and unity, gratitude and care for ourselves and others. I invite you today to look at ways you can create optimal conditions for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in your life, through your vulnerability and trust of God and others through gratitude, which is characteristic of true receptivity of a gift, and care, which entails attentive maintenance and tender provision for our needs and those of others.
Thanks so much to Trish McCarthy there, who had some really wonderful things to, to say to us about bearing fruit and, and the quote from John 15.5, those who will remain in me, with me and them, bear fruit in plenty. And please, God, that's uh, that's something we're doing. We've got to continually return to the source, continually connect with Jesus if we expect to be fruitful and to be following the will of God in our lives. Nice song there to finish with, Andrew Ripp, Fill My Cup. Lots of great music right throughout the, the show this week. I hope you've, uh, hope you've loved it. I hope you've enjoyed the interview that we did with Rob Falzon and thanks to Mother Hilda Scott and to, to Trish McCarthy for their inputs and to uh, Father Ken Kaif as well for, for breaking open the gospel for us right back at the start of the show. We will be doing it all again next week and we've got some, got some really good interviews coming up over the course of the next few weeks, some new inputs from some new people and it was wonderful getting a, a wealth of some real, real great stuff from a variety of men at the Men Alive to the MAX conference that was held last weekend and we're going to be bringing bits and pieces of that to you over the course of, uh, of coming months. Anyway. Thanks to Max Norton for putting the show together. Thank you to you for listening. Thank you to all of our partnering Christian radio stations right around Australia and to everyone else who gets it as a podcast each and every week. Don't forget you can go to jcr.org.au. You can click on a couple of buttons, put your details down, and we'll send it to you every Friday. You can also go in there and just click on the links and listen to something again that you might have heard already today on Day's show and, and you, you want to listen to it again or, or send it to someone else. Okay, better go. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. And you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.